Okay, as Grant said, so last week we kicked off uh, a series on our core values here at Bethel. And these are the things that we as a church family, uh, and our hope is that we can incorporate, like these are the values that we have as a church family, and we want to incorporate those into each of our, each of our lives. Um, and so we say, and if you've seen the little cups, we say, in Oklahoma as it is in heaven. And so um, Rachel talked about last week, God's presence is everything. Um, she talked about his presence being the center of it all. Um, she talked about sp spending time in his presence is the core of being a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and at Bethel, we just want you to know that we preach how we live, okay? So we don't do fluff and wishful thinking, okay? Um, we're not a fluffy church, okay? Um, for those that want to be a part of what God is doing here, which obviously you're here, right? Um, we want to equip you with real practical truths that we live out and practice ourselves as a leadership team. And so um, I just want to make sure we set that bar, okay? Um, this week we're going to cover the next two core values. Core value two, we do what we say. And core value three, we are family, now, um, yeah, so Rachel said, hey, you're, you're doing core value two and three. And I was like, yeah, another hard topic. <laughs> so last time I preached on unforgiveness, and this time I get to preach on we do what we say and we are family. So um, I don't know, but here we are. So what that means is you should probably buckle up because <laughs> we're about to jump off of the cliff. Um, so let's start with we do what we say. Um, we're com we've all been... I want to preface this. We do what we say. Um, we've all committed to something at one time or another and didn't complete it, right? We've all been there. We're human. We committed to somebody that we would take care of this or we would do this, and then we didn't, right? Right? Um, and for various reasons. Maybe an emergency came up. Maybe an illness or a work schedule got changed or something like that, okay? So we, I want to say we should all extend grace, right? And we should not be quick to toss the person out, okay? Um, that's not what Jesus would do, okay? Um, what we're talking about today, the major thing that we have to look at is do we consistently, do we constantly not do 
what we say. And when something changes, are we quick to communicate with that other party? Let me give you an example. This week, um, on Wednesday, I was supposed to have coffee with Grant, okay? Um, so we had scheduled it on Sunday night. We were set. We were ready to go. I had it on my schedule, and then I got a call from a staff member about 10, 10, 30, 11, that said, hey, I'm stuck on a job, and there's no way that I'm going to make it to that next job. What do you want to do? So can you go take care of that customer? So I had to text Gran and say, hey, I'm not going to be able to do this coffee today. Something's come up. I think my hashtag was the life of a business owner, something crazy like that. Um, yeah, I was not a skunk, but um, I own a pest control company is one of the businesses that I own. So this was actually the pest control company, um, but it was not a skunk. So um, I had to, what I did was I, I scheduled it, but I wasn't able to accomplish it. So I communicated to him, and then it is my responsibility to make sure I reschedule with him, right? So um, those things happen, okay? So I want to make sure we clear that, that, that up right now, okay? Um, that things are going to happen like that. Just make sure you communicate with people, and then you follow through with that, okay? But how many of you have been in a meeting or a conversation, and someone says they will do something and you walk out of the meeting or the conversation, I'm just going to be real that I'm, there have been a couple of times like that that I walked out of that meeting and the very first thing that popped into my head was, they're not going to do that. They're not going to follow through. That's not going to happen. And sure enough, that person did not follow through and did not do what they said they were going to do. Um, so we've all been there, we've, and we've all done that. Um, we've all failed to do what we say at times. And I don't think anyone just gets up in the morning and says, today I am going to overpromise and never deliver, okay? <laughs> I really don't think that's, I don't, I mean, there might be some really demented people out there that do that. I just don't, even the, even the, even the, the worst case, I don't think people, people are ever have that, um, that thought process. I want to read a scripture on Matthew 5, 37 in the Passion Translation. It says, a simple yes or no will suffice. Anything beyond this springs from a deceiver. Let me give you some context as to what's going on here in Matthew 5. So Matthew 5 contains the por a portion of the Sermon on the Mount, okay? Uh, and this is where later on down in chapter 5, you see where he talks about murder and adultery and divorce and to love your enemy. And then he starts in 33, verse 33, he talks about keeping your vows, I want to read it in, I want to go back. I read 37, but I want to read 33 through 37 in the message. 
And it says, and don't say anything you don't mean. This counsel is embedded deep in our traditions. You only make things worse when you lay down a smokescreen of pious talk, saying, I'll pray for you and never doing it, or saying, God be with you and not meaning it. You don't make your words true by embellishing them with religious lace. In making your speech sound more religious, it becomes less true. Just say yes and no. When you manipulate words to get your way, you go wrong. You see, I think if we're going to bring heaven to earth, and if we're going to see this, we've, as Christians, have to get this right. Um, If the world knows us as a person that keeps our word, I want to be a person that when, when somebody else goes and says, hey, do you know Brandon? What do you think of that guy? I want them to say, I will tell you that he, is a, he does what he says, and he says what he does. So I think that if we as Christians will do that, and that will be something that people know us by, that we will be ultimately bringing heaven to earth, right? Because now people are going to watch our walk with God, and they're going to say, you know what? They're the real deal. They're the real deal. Um, I think the root of doing what we say starts with, with us being authentic and transparent people, okay? We've got to be real. We've got to be authentic and transparent. The definition of authenticity is being authentic, genuineness, not false or copied. Fundamentally, authenticity is about being you fully. It's about being yourself, understanding yourself, owning, owning what you do, what you say, Acknowledging, appreciating, and expressing all of who you are, both the light and the dark. I want to show you an iceberg picture. They're going to put it up on the screen. Isn't that a cool picture? Um, so I, an iceberg, I, just picture this is your whole being, okay? This is your whole being. Everything above the waterline is what you show people, okay? That's what you show the world. That's your selfies that you post on Facebook or Instagram. I said last night, uh, MySpace, and my wife started laughing. Uh, She's like, MySpace? And I was like, you know, Snapchat, you know, whatever those things are. (laughs) She's like, you're not old enough, Brandon, for that. And so I had a MySpace, I will say. I was not very old, but I had a MySpace. Um, I should check and see if that even exists anymore. Um, Anyway, that's the piece that you show the world, right? That's what you show people. Everything else underwater is also part of you. But you may not necessarily be showing those things because they're underwater, right? Our goal uh, of... 
of being an authentic person and being a real transparent person is that waterline, here's our goal, that waterline begins to go down, okay? That waterline begins to lower, and we begin to be more authentic people and more transparent people. Just leave that up there, because um, I'm going to re reference it a couple times. I read an article the other day that was entitled, Why People do what they say, Don't Do What They Say. And the number one reason was fear. Maybe it's fear of failure. Um, maybe it's fear of rejection or judgment or creating conflict. A lot of us do not like conflict, right? Um, or the desire for a person to like you. Um, those are all, re those all tie back to fear. Right? So how do we get past these fears so that we can live a life of authenticity and transparency? I'm going to say the first thing is to know your value. To, to know your identity and stop comparing. Do you realize that you're a child of God? I'm a child of God and you're a child of God. And when we will recognize and we will wake up, there are some days I wake up and I don't feel like starting the day, right? We all are, are there at times. But I have a choice, lay back down or get up and conquer that day. And when I choose to conquer that day, I have to look myself in the mirror and remind myself who my daddy is, yeah. right? I have to remind myself that I'm a child of God. And regardless of by 7.30 that morning, I've had three people and four companies call in on me, okay? Um, regardless of what's going on or, what, or who's sick or what's happening, I am a child of God. And nothing can take that away, right? When you walk with God and you have a relationship with the Lord, nothing can take that away. People always say, you're crazy, dude. You start businesses like, the, you, like it's buying cars. Like somebody said changing underwear. I don't think it's that frequent. But they said, I don't know why, like what's wrong with you? Like aren't you scared of doing that so many times? And I said, you know what? There is one thing that no matter what happens in this life, nobody can take away from me. And that's my relationship with God. So the rest of it is just conduit that God uses through me to accomplish his will. But at the end of the day, he is still God. He is still in me. And my identity is in him. So if you will wake up every single day and say, I am a child of God. Look yourself in the mirror and remind yourself who your daddy is. Amen? Um, stop comparing. Social media has jacked up our world, okay? And, and, and I, there, my wife took like a month or two off of social media, and I was like, I would love to do that. But I just can't, like there's businesses flying all in on social media stuff, and though I have people that handle those things, I still have those things that I'm ultimately responsible for, so I don't just get to turn it off, unfortunately. Um, 
But it is so easy to look at social media and say, man, that family has it all together. Man, they take like six Caribbean cruises every year. I would love to do that. Man, that, like they look so happy and so peaceful. Man, they got that cool dog. Like, you know? But what we do is we begin to take what we see on social media and we begin to compare ourselves to that. Stop comparing. Don't compare yourself to others. You don't know what's underneath the waterline, okay? We've all got an underneath the waterline that we have to work through, right? That's our whole being. So remember that. Don't compare yourself. Uh, there's so much distractions in our media. Just don't compare yourself. Don't let that mess with you. Um, the next thing is trust your instincts, Many times we second-guess our decisions in life. Now, in order to make decisions that honor God, let me preface this, you have to do the work with God. What does that mean? You've got to be able to decipher between when you're, when you're in a healthy spot and when you're not in a healthy spot. There are times that I will go long spouts of work, 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 and I am tired. And then a huge decision will stare at me in the face and need my attention. And I have to stop and look at that and say, today am I lined up with my father to make this decision well. If you are in a place where your heart, you're right, you're healthy, life's good. Even if life's not good, God is still good right? Don't doubt your instinct. Every time I do that, every time I second guess an in something that I know I should do, and yet I veer this way and do it differently, I always kick myself because I'm like, I knew what to do on the, in that situation, and I didn't, and now I'm where I am. Don't, sec no, don't second guess yourself, okay? Now, that is, if you're not in a healthy spot, you need to step away from it. There are times that when there's a major decision and I'm tired, I will tell my team, hey, you know what? I can't make that decision today, so I'm going to need to go back and pray and seek the Lord's will on that situation, and then I will get back with you X day, okay? Make sure that you're doing that, okay, so that you make wise decisions, um, stop saying yes from a heart of fear. This is a huge, huge piece. Um, I had an, a staff member several years ago, and she was a, a wonderful staff member. She had the absolute best heart. She had a great attitude. Um, she was just a good team member. But every time we were in staff meetings or we would talk about, hey, this is something that needs to get done. This is a project. Who's taking that on the team? She would go, that's me. Yep, I'll do it. I'll do it. And she would do this all the time. And we would just, we're like, cool, take it. Well, about a month or two later, we started, I started seeing a pattern. Of she would take it and she would not complete it. And then we would go back to her and say, hey, What's up? 
And she would say, oh, I totally forgot. Now, it, I extended lots of grace in this situation, okay? I extended a lot of it. But I decided it was time to call it out. So I called her in and I said, hey, this is something that I consistently see of you. And you're a phenomenal team member, but what's going on? And she would say, she, she broke down in tears, and she said, my problem is that I'm a people pleaser. And I want to please you because you're my boss, you write my paycheck, and I want to please you. So I take these things out of that heart. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's the deal. Now that you recognize that, right, authenticity is us looking at us. It's not saying, oh, the rest of you. It's not, it's not about blasting the world, okay, and proving something to the world. Now, I will tell you, I have done that before, okay. I'm a, I'm a strong person in that. So I have to be careful not to do that with people. But authenticity is us looking at us and saying, where am I at in this journey? Okay, what's going on? So she admitted that she had a challenge with that. And so I said, you know what? I want to encourage you that when we're in those meetings, you don't have to jump to every single project. I want you to weigh out, am I, is my skill set this? Is this something that I have time and resources to do? Or am I doing this out of pleasing people, out of pleasing a team? And, I, and so she agreed to that. And I said, when, when, if I come up to you and I say, hey, can you do this product? Can you take this for me? Can you take care of this? And you say, yes, which you normally do. I want you to say, if you've got three other projects in front of that, I want you to say, hey, Brandon, I... I I need, I, I've got these three projects right here that, need, that have deadlines on them. And so is this project a bigger priority than those? Or where, help me understand that. I said, then we can have honest conversation about, about this thing. So after that meeting, I will tell you, she was phenomenal. She, she still took projects but now she ran them through a different lens. You see, her waterline began to go down. When she admitted to me that she was a people pleaser, she let that waterline down a little bit more. Um, we have a disease to please, always trying to do or say things that we think will make others like us or think we're good. Um, it's time we live from our core of authenticity. It's time we, as a body of believers, as a family, say, I am going to do my very best to examine myself and make sure I am a person, an authentic, genuine person, and I'm doing what I say I will do. I want to jump to the third core value and then we'll tie them together and, and land this plane. Um, we are family. Let's just admit that at times, family is just messy, right? We just came out of the holidays. We recognize that family is messy. There was a moment at Christmas that I watched my family from my recliner and said, this is a circus. 
Like I told, I told my wife, all the kids were screaming this morning. Everybody woke up at like 6.30 and I'm like, what is going on here? I need some Jesus time before y'all get out of bed. And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a sermon on that my family is a circus. Like that would be a really good one. Uh, anyway, let's just admit that family's just messy. Sometimes it's full of so much joy and laughter and sometimes it's a, it's a whole lot of heartbreak and sadness. We can all agree on that, right? But the reality is, no matter what moment it is, family is necessary. Family is necessary. God did not design us to do life alone. He didn't. He did not design us to live on an island. But what I am certain of is that if we are going to see in Oklahoma as it is in heaven, then we must do this thing called life together. And recognize that family is a priority. So what does family look like? Um, we believe that family does life together. Um, and that can look many different ways. That can be you're tied into a small group. Yes, I'm making a small group plug, okay? I will tell you that my most genuine, authentic friendships came out of small groups, okay? It is incredibly important that you plug into a small group. Um, coffee and lunch, those are great things to do with people just to get to know them, um, now, I will tell you those two things and anything that you're going to do life together with is going to take one single word that you are consistent in, and that's being intentional, okay? You have to be intentional if you want to build relationships. I was at a large church as the executive pastor for seven years. And I cannot tell you how many coffee and lunch and dinner appointments that I had with people. And this is how they started the meeting. We love the church. And I'm like, oh, great. Here we go again. We love the church. And we love what God is doing at the church. But can I be honest with you? Sure, I don't want you to lie to me. And... And this is what they said, we don't feel connected. It's, so re it's really so big, and, you know, it's, I just have a hard time connecting. And this was the line that I always said to them. What are you doing, what are you doing to get to build relationships and to get plugged in? You would have think I would have spoken a foreign language to some people. You would have thought that I, got, I cussed them out. At times, I had one guy get up and walk out of Starbucks because I asked him that question. I was like, for real? Like, I wasn't mean about it. I was just being real. What have you done to build that relationship? Because you cannot set in a church or any, or any other organization and not get plugged in and feel connected. And if you think people are going to run around you and rally on day one, you're wrong, okay? That's what we would love in the perfect world, right? But that is, 
That is the challenge. Um, you have to be intentional, which means you have to seek out people and seek out relationships and make a point to be a part of those. Um, we believe that families should always be growing spiritually, praying for one another, okay? That means pray for people. There are days that I wake up that I will pray for Chad. I will literally call Chad Allison's name out, and there are others in here. I don't just pray for Chad, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I usually feel like he needs it the most, um, and so no. So, but I will call out his name. Now, let me tell you something. There have been days that I have, I have prayed for him and I have not texted him, but there have been days that I have prayed for him and I have sent him a text saying, I'm praying for you today. Let me tell you about the power that, that that relationship and that bond builds by him knowing there is somebody praying for me and I didn't even ask for them to. Okay? So I want to challenge you to do that to pick out people and make it a point to pray for them. And then make it a point to, to tell them that you prayed for them. That means something to, uh, to each one of us. Uh, check on one another. Again, that requires authenticity. Um, we, are, we believe that families should always be growing emotionally. It's okay to not be okay. It is totally fine. There is no one at this church that's going to judge you, okay? That's a very bold statement for me to say. But I'm going to tell you that we, that's not how, that's not our core values. Our core values is to authenticity. We do what we say. We lower that line and we build relationships. We're going to love you and care for you and it's okay to not be okay. I would rather you tell me I'm not okay than for you to lie to me and tell me everything's hunky-dory. Because I can't pray for you and I can't help you and I can't hold you accountable if I don't know what's going on. And I'm not asking you to tell all your dirty laundry, but I'm asking you to lower the line, okay? Um, be honest with one another. Challenge one another. Conflict is okay if it's handled correctly. Rachel preached a message several weeks ago, a month, month and a half ago, somewhere in there, where she talked about healthy conflict. If you missed that service, I recommend you go on the podcast and listen to that because it was, it was life-changing to me. And I, I have no problem with conflict. My wife will tell you, he does conflict like it's no big deal. Like, I don't worry about conflict. I don't have an issue with it. I just go right into it, you know? I mean, it's not like I'm picking a fight with people, but I, I just... I don't have a problem with it. A lot of people do, though. A lot of people have that issue. And I've not always been one that would do that. But I have determined that I will go in and I will resolve. I will go in. I'm not going in to prove a point. I'm going in to love and to solve the problem. Um, celebrate one another. This is, like, totally hard for me to do at times. Uh, just being honest with you, I am the guy that I like to start something. I like to set the goals for it, and my and, and then I like and then once we hit those goals, the next month those goals are higher, and the next month those goals are higher. And so I have to 
be intentional about making sure that I celebrate one another and I celebrate people. Um, so celebrate, okay? Um, physically, so this is, the, this is the last, we believe that families should always be growing physically. Um, have you ever heard the my for and no more? You, have you ever heard that? Or I've heard people say it's my for and no more. Um, when that can't exist, okay? In this family, like we're a family, right? When new families come into our doors, we have to be intentional to meet them, to get to know them, um, and to introduce them to our family. Um, I, am, I am certain that you, that we have all walked into places that we did not feel welcomed, right? Like you walk in and it's super awkward and you either feel like the small guy in the room that, that nobody noticed or the big guy in the room, that, the giant that everybody's staring at, <laughs> okay? Um, have you ever gone into a room that you were celebrated? It totally feels different than if you've gone into a room that you've been rejected. And I, we as a church have to get this. We have to celebrate every single person that walks through the doors of Bethel. Because whether they walk through the door, I might be stepping on some toes and that's okay. But, I, but if, we, if they walk through the door and we, for one week or for 15 years, we celebrate them. Sometimes in our culture, we look and we say, hmm, I'm not going to let you into my world until I know you're going to stick. Like, because what is that? That's fear that we will get hurt in this relationship. That's fear that that relationship will go nowhere and that I will have put invested interest in, in time and resources into that. That cannot be a, a, a way that we think. We have to, as a church, celebrate Every single person that walks through our door, because that's what a family does, right? We celebrate. When, when guests come to my house, we clean before we can. Now, not that we don't clean when they're on a normal day, okay? But it's like, clean up the playroom. All the toys go into the kids' beds for some reason. You find all kinds of stuff under kids' beds, like snicker bars and all kinds of stuff in my house. So, um, but we, we prepare our home for those people that are coming for guests. So why do we not prepare on Sundays for new people coming in our doors and loving them and celebrating them? Uh, I saw a video this week. So there's a friend of mine that has been a worship pastor. Um, he was at Life Church for a while uh, for many years, and then he took a youth pastor position in Michigan uh, a couple years ago. And so um, when he was at Life Church, him and I stayed connected quite a bit, but obviously Michigan's a little ways for me to go have lunch with him. And so uh, he was, uh, I noticed on social media that he was moving back to Oklahoma City, and he was going to be the worship pastor for People's Church. And I was like, totally cool, now I can have lunch with him again, you know, and hang out with him. 
And so, um, but I saw that he had changed his, his position as a worship pastor at People's Church. And uh, his first day to report to work was on Monday. And so I have another friend that's a children's pastor at one of the campuses for People's Church. And she posted a picture of the main lobby of People's Church filled up with staff members. There was like 30 or 40 staff members in this lobby of People's Church on Monday. And she's like videoing it. She's gone Facebook Live on this deal. And he walks in and he thinks he's just reporting to work at 9 a.m. to his first day of work as the worship pastor. And he walks through the door and they begin to clap. And they begin to celebrate him. And I'm thinking, like, he's going around. They're all in a circle around the door. And his face was like, what just happened? And he was shocked. And he literally went through. He had not met many of those people, I'm sure. I'm sure that he only met a handful of staff members through the process of, of, of the hiring process. But what they did was they celebrated him. They said, welcome to the team. Welcome to our family. You, we value you. We don't even know you, and we value you. And when I saw that video, I was like, that is so stinking cool. Like, they celebrated him. Like, three, three I think they have four campuses, and all of the staff was there. And they're like rallying him along. I'm like, that is so cool. That is the mindset that we have to come to church with on Sunday mornings. It is the mindset that we are here to celebrate God and to worship and to hear a word from the Lord and to celebrate people. That's what we do. Um, I think both of these core values require us to be good listeners, honest, and transparent. Mother Teresa said, honesty and transparency make you vulnerable. Be honest and transparent anyway. Um, there was a CEO that was having some challenges with his executive team. And they, they were not opening up, they were not collaborating and he had some really huge decisions that had to be made. So he went to his business coach and he said, man, I'm just struggling with my team. They're just not opening up to me. Uh, what do you think I should do? And he said, I want you to start a meeting, your next staff meeting. I want you to start it. And I want you to say, look, we're going to go around the room and I want you to start, I want you to start your, I want you to start with this. I want you to say this and then finish it. If you really knew me, you would know this about me. And, he, and the CEO is looking at him like, what? I'm going to freak out my whole team. He's like, I don't care. I want you to go around the room and say, if you really knew me, you would know this about me. When I read that story, I thought, wow, talk about the walls busting down. If you can break through a question like that, if you really knew me, you would know this about me. I thought, man, in a small group setting, if you started a small group like that, we're not going to, well, we might start with that. But people that are in my small group, like, I'm not going that, that next time. Something's crazy is going to happen. 
if you really knew me, you would know this about me. You talk about losing, you talk about a water line going down and some transparency because then now we're being real with one another. Um, that's where we have to be. Um, today, I want to close with um, us doing a little bit of reflection on the following questions. I want us to um, just take a moment and examine our hearts as to what these two topics, these two core values look like in our lives. And I want to close like this. I want you to just close your eyes. And I want you to ask yourself, how authentic am I currently living? How authentic am I currently living? The second question, what is one area that I can begin to improve today? And then I want you to ask yourself, am I living out the core value of we are family? Am I living that out as a family member at Bethel? Am I living that out as a family member of my family? And what can I do to grow in this area in 2020? I know that I told you to buckle up and I told you that we were gonna dive off and I'm generally just a dive off kind of guy. But these are important core values to the success of our family. And I wanna challenge you in this Start, it's January. This is the best time to figure it out. But I want you to make some incremental steps toward letting that water line down in your life. To begin to let people into your world. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's okay. It's okay to let that water line down. I think being a family member, we all have a job and we all have a role in the family. That's what a family is. If my kids aren't pulling their weight at home, I'm asking them, why is your room like that? And we all have a role, we all have a responsibility at home in our families, and we also have one here at Bethel. And so I wanna challenge you to pick up the towel.
to help this family take it to a deeper level, to grow, to carry one another, to do life together, and to be people of authenticity. And what we say is what we do. I'm just gonna pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that it's a new day, that our minds are renewed and the opportunities are great. And Father, I thank you today that um, we are a family. I thank you for each person that you have brought into the Bethel family. And Father, we long to be, me, all of us long to be more authentic and more genuine, to let that water line down. And we all want to do this thing called life together. And Father, it's so easy that with our busyness and our lives, just things that happen in life, for us to forget and to not be intentional about doing what we say and about being a, a family. So pray, Lord, I pray today that each and every person walk away with something today that they've grown from and an action point that they can take to the next step in their walk with you, in their level of authenticity, and in their commitment to this family. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all that you're doing at Bethel in Oklahoma City. We love you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, thank you for being here today.